Well, welcome to the uh, Montrose Group Development Debate Podcast. Nate, I almost forgot the name of the podcast because I'm so excited by our guest today. So excited. Well, we have a guest, Dave. I think that's part of the, that's the, you know, the challenge for us. He, it's usually I don't think just you and me making up stuff. He probably hasn't listened to the podcast or he wouldn't have agreed to be on because, you know, it, <laughs> true, it's, uh, true. it's, it, he's going to go, why those guys are, those guys are clowns. Why would I want to do that? Well, but, you know, he, he, I mean, he'd be our, he'd be our uh, 11th, 11th uh, listener. Well, if, if he did listen, well, we, I think it's exciting. We're going to get, I think we're digits. up to Yo, yeah. Well, hey, which he's got. We'll I mean, on. his wife maybe will listen. We'll he's got. He's got a couple kids. I mean, chances are they'll That's listen true. too. I mean, we're we will probably will, it, will, he, will they listen or will he make them listen? I mean, that's well, whatever. The, that's the question. And, and then what, he's it got doesn't a matter. Big, he's got a big staff that works for him, so you know true. he's going to make them listen. I pay we my are. staff to clean up after me, so yes, they have to. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, so true. We, you know what? We all do that. Let's not, let's not, we're, this is a judgment-free zone on that front. Let's <laughs> put it right. that way, Steve. That's right. Well, well, today we have Steve Stivers, the president of the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. Uh, Steve is, Steve has been a good friend for really a long time. I think the first time I met Steve, uh, he was the finance director for the Franklin County Republican Party. And met, I met him, I said, man, that guy's going places. I mean, I didn't know you were going to be a state senator and then a member of Congress and you know, now a, a powerful Chamber of Commerce president. I, did, I didn't have that kind of crystal ball, but Steve has always been uh, a go-getter, high energy guy, uh, idea man, um, you know, kind of someone after our, uh, our own heart. So we're, we're certainly excited that he has um, agreed, to, agreed to join us today. You know, Steve, you had a um, very successful uh, public service stint uh, you know, starting in the starting in the Ohio Senate, um, and then you know joining the the Congress, being a member of the U.S. House of Representatives. Um, what what made you throw all that? You know that that move shift from the public sector. You know coming coming back home and 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 running the Ohio Chamber. What what was what triggered that decision? Well, Dave, thanks. First of all, it's great to be on the podcast. I'm super excited to be with you today. And, you know, for me, I'd been in Congress about 11 years in 2021, and I decided it was time to maybe start to think about doing something different about that time. The Ohio Chamber called, and the more I learned, the more exciting I got about the opportunity. First, it was a chance to come home. I have a 10-year-old son, a 13-year-old daughter. I get to be home with them more, home with my wife more which is most days she thinks that's a good thing. <laughs> and But I also get a chance to get things done. And it's still easier to get things done at the state level through the state house and state senate than it is through Congress. <clears throat> and I knew what an exciting a time it was, it was about to be uh, in Ohio. And it, that's played out with Intel and Honda and, you know, mm -hmm. what we've seen from Foxconn up in, in Youngstown and Ford up in Lorraine. There are exciting announcements yet to come. There's about to be a ton of development in Ohio. You know, what makes that happen? Number one, I think uh, our fresh water is a big deal. Number two, I think we're still a pretty low drama place where you can get things done and make a difference. Right. And of course, we have a great workforce. So you add all those things together. We're a relatively inexpensive place to do business. Now, are there things we need to do better? Yes, we need to 
you know, work on our workforce a little bit. We need to do some things on our tax and regulatory climates. But generally, Ohio is a pretty amazing place to be. And I'm excited to be home and be part of this new renaissance of not only Ohio, but the whole Midwest. Oh, I like Nate. I like that word. That's great. We're, we're going to work I, that into a headline. I, I think so. Give, I think that should be the maybe Steve credit. Maybe we don't. I think we should. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll have credit. I mean, that was big. We haven't come up with that one yet. We'll get we'll yeah. give credit. Renaissance. I mean, technically, it's probably a term that's been used before, but you know, I, 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 I do like it. It's, there was the like Renaissance it's, period. It's right. Europe. I mean, look at where we are. It really is a Renaissance. Yeah, it is absolutely right. So. Uh, again, a, a lot of great economic news coming out of uh, out of Ohio. Uh, you know, you you kind of ran through uh, some of those numbers. Um, what you know, and again, I'm a Chamber of Commerce guy. As as Steve knows, I started my career at the Ohio Chamber, and I've always been active, you know, with the chamber. And it's it's critical to uh, you know the state success, but. You know what? What role for those folks who maybe are not as familiar with what a state chamber does? Um, what role do you think you you know you play in in the Ohio economy? Well, I think uh, the first thing the Ohio Chamber does is create a vision for the future. We have the blueprint for Ohio's economic future. I happen to have a copy here. With Look at me, that right on his uh, desk, which uh, was put together in concert with Accenture. They did the research uh, for this from primary and secondary sources. Um, so we help create a vision for the future. We pass our legislative agenda, which directly relates back to that vision. We focus on regulatory reform and looking at uh, you know, the regulatory culture to make sure it's reasonable and thoughtful. Uh, we also have a focus on the legal climate and we filed 26 amicus briefs last year but the final way and the mo I think the most important way the chamber gets involved in economic development and change in improving Ohio's economy is we use our convening authority of our 8,000 members from every region of the state, from every industry in the state, big and small business. We bring those businesses together to convene them to talk about what's going on and what we can do better. And we take the, that information and then we work to try to improve the Ohio economy. So I think our convening authority is a big deal. But of course, we have a, leg, a regulatory agenda, legislative agenda, and we work to make sure we have fair courts. Well, and, that, and that's and that's a great summary of it. Um, sounds like he's given that speech before, Nate. What do you think? I think, what do you think? I yeah. think he's I, I think you're right. He's got he's that got one down. But, he's got the but, I, but I think it, they are great points because the, the chambers you know, state chambers are in a great position, especially if they're, you know, efficiently run and aggressively run um, to bring different industries together. So you might have a manufacturers or a retailer group or small business, but the chamber has all of those groups and also has a local chamber network that that's active with, you know, with the state association. So you've got, uh, you know, so you've kind of got it at the at the grassroots as well, and it and it really is helping drive that policy agenda, but because uh, you know, and again, we've seen it with our with our advocacy hat on, or quite frankly, trying to get development deals done um, in the local community. It it's been a tough couple of years for the business community with, with a lot of policymakers, quite frankly, on the left and the right, and and it's not been easy to kind of be what I'll call a chamber of commerce Republican in a lot of cases. Uh, trying to get a, a, a pro business agenda against how have you 
How have you tried to deal with that, Steve? Because I know that that you've seen it uh, really probably as a you know elected official as well as as in your current role now. Yeah. So uh, you know, I proudly call myself a Chamber of Commerce Republican. It's kind of why I became a Republican. But there has certainly been this populist movement inside both the Republican and Democratic parties. So on the far right and the far left, there are uh, very anti-business populists that are pro-labor union, pro-trial lawyer, um, and they claim they're pro-small business, but the same things they do to hurt big business hurt small business. So it really has been a unique time with the rise of populism on the left and the right uh, that we've had to deal with, whether it's on the you know, the left, we deal with sort of the rise of socialism. On the right, we right. deal with, you know, folks that whether it's the fight against vaccinations or this idea that every business is woke or, you know, it's really uh, been challenging to um, try to traverse those times. But at the same time, right. there's still a big mass of Republicans and Democrats that want to work together, that come together, that care about getting things done. Uh, and, you know, I think we're going to get more involved in politics to try to make sure we stand up against folks who are on the far left and the far right, because we believe that, you know, the folks in that sort of, it doesn't mean they're totally in the middle, but some right. mainstream right. conservatives, mainstream liberals, and everything in between can come together on uh, an agenda that can make Ohio a great place to live and a great place to operate a business. And that's what we aspire to, is to make Ohio a great place to live and a great place to operate a business. And we think those things can be done together without a heavy tax burden, without a lot of government intervention, um, and without you know tying the hands of business on the other side too, uh, on things like employment at will. We think that yeah. you know, an employer knows best whatever the conditions are for employment at their their business. And the employment at will doctrine has said they can manage their business the way they want. But there are lots of folks on the far left and the far right who want to get in between an owner and their employees and tell them what they have to do or what they can't do. Yeah, absolutely. So what so what changes have you made at the chamber, you, you, you know, to try and kind of live in this new environment? You mentioned the, you know, kind of the enhanced political engagement. You mentioned that uh, the Accenture report that I think really is phenomenal and outlines a big, uh, a big, aggressive, multi-year, multi-prong uh, agenda. Um, you know, what 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 else have you done kind of internally to try sure. and to try and get the group? you know, focused on these tough times? Well, I think it starts with that vision, the blueprint for Ohio's economic future that that Accenture helped us with. That's a vision that we can relate everything back to. Then obviously we've enhanced our government team. I've hired new folks. We didn't have somebody that focused on healthcare before we hired Meredith Craig. Uh, mm -hmm. And we very much plussed up our political team. So we brought in... Uh, uh, Adam Rapine to run our 501c4 and our political programs. We brought in Paige Sims as a fundraiser to raise money for our PAC and our 501c4, as well as our 501c3 Research Foundation that mm -hmm. we'll use to do research on policy. Uh, we think that those two folks are really going to help grow 
our political presence, which is a big deal. Uh, if we have resources to impact both elections and policy, we think that's a big deal. Yeah. Uh, so between a vision and strengthening our political programs, we've also created this new chamber alliance <clears throat> with all the local chambers, which uh, we have chamber day this Wednesday. We'll have chambers from all around the state here to talk about policy. That's the grassroots that you talked yeah. about, Dave. We created what we call the Associated Business uh, Alliance, which is uh, about 21 different business associations from the realtors to the bankers, to the accountants, to the truckers, yeah. to the restaurant association, uh, sort of a vast array of business associations. We try to meet once a month and coordinate with them on a ton of issues. And uh, we think that kind of inside the business community quarterbacking and and coordination with everybody else uh, works well to make sure everybody knows what everybody else is doing and can support each other and make the business community stronger. So those Absolutely. are the kind of inside and outside things we've tried to do to help the entire business community and make sure that the chamber is adding value. That's phenomenal. Um, you know, you, you mentioned uh, the Intel, the the Honda EV, the the GME <clears throat> EV. The, there's just been a lot of announcements. Um, uh, you know, what, one issue that we've seen from a corporate site location, you know, economic development, uh, you know, perspective in, in states like Ohio and elsewhere is quite frankly, the, the, the job growth has been phenomenal. Um, the larger challenge has been, you know, kind of in two other buckets that that's a result of all the job growth It's workforce and housing. Uh, I know I spoke at your housing conference uh, housing summit uh, last week, which was in my 30 years, the first time I remember the chamber doing anything on housing, even talking about housing. Um, how how are how are you you know how are you trying to get the chamber and the business community kind of positioned uh, to keep up with with all this growth? Because again, it's uh, as you understand when a company looks at a region, um, they'll look at the workforce. I think they're going to start yeah. to look at housing to trying to figure out, mm -hmm. hey, great, great tax structure, great regulatory structure, great tax incentives, low cost of doing business, but no, they can't no, find no. workers and they have no place to live. Right. So what that what do you what do you see on that front? I think, uh, well, we've tried to get engaged in areas we've not been engaged in because we think they're important. Uh, and you mentioned a couple of them, and then I'll hit a couple more and come back to the two that you did talk about. So we created a brand new task force on housing. We created a, um, uh, we've really redoubled our efforts on workforce and tried to, because it's the number one thing we hear from our businesses. But we've also gotten engaged in like crime issues, retail crime, yeah. which has become yeah. quite an issue. And then we're starting a, a working group on uh, travel and tourism because it's important to whole regions of our state. If you look at that whole yep. southeast swath of the state, yep. uh, travel and tourism is going to be the driving force in a lot of that region. And frankly, if we do it right, right along the northern edge on Lake Erie, travel and tourism is going to be a driving force. But getting back to housing and workforce, we, as you said, we hosted our first uh, summit on housing just last week. It was a great inaugural summit. We talked about a lot of issues. Now it's time to dig in and start to really make things happen. And a summary of that um, event would be that while we support initiatives 
to subsidize workforce housing because we think there are certain communities where that's important. We also think we've got to look at the cost drivers of housing and make housing affordable even without a subsidy because we can't scale the subsidies to the level we would need to have an extra you know, 250,000 units in Ohio. And that's what we think we need over the next 10 years. Um, and so we've got to figure out how to look at those drivers of housing costs and deal with them standalone. And those drivers are things like zoning laws, density, things like impact fees, as well yeah. as building code, trying to figure out how to make those things as flexible and thoughtful as possible so that um, you know, development can be more affordable in housing. We also think at a very fundamental level, look at the, the way it works in Ohio now, cities and townships have a ton of incentive if they have a joint taxing district as a township to um, create commercial, industrial, and retail spaces because yeah. there's tax revenue that comes along with it. There's right. no tax revenue or even any kind of revenue that comes with housing, just expense. Yep. And so it's no, you know, it, it's no coincidence that a lot of our cities aren't looking at housing. You know, when you lose money on housing and you make money on commercial, you're going to focus on commercial. And that's what our cities are doing right now. And so they're doing what is logical for them. We just need to change the incentives so that they have an incentive to get involved in housing. So at a very fundamental level, we think that's really a building block of what we need to do. And then they'll have every incentive to look at the building code, consider their impact fees, consider higher density, and make sure they're getting projects done. Yeah. No, I Steve, if I, I are, ahead, let me just let me just as a follow-up to that. Are you are you you mentioned your the local chambers that are all members? Are are you are they are you working with them to to try to drive some of that at the local level or or how is that working with with the local chambers that are well, that are your members and your partners? We haven't started doing it with the local chambers. What we're trying to do is change the paradigm at the state level, maybe through okay. some funding, yeah. a funding source that flows through to folks who actually complete projects, allow density and and make yep. their building code more flexible. Uh, but we will consider working with our local <clears> chambers. They have every incentive to care as well. The only uh, caution is some of the local chambers are funded by the local governments. And so, yep, right. you know, we right. want to That's make tough. sure that we are setting them up for success as opposed to making one of their funders upset. Absolutely. Yeah, and, I, and, and again, I, I think it's, um, I, I think that's a great point. I, 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 but I also think it's, there's changes we can make at the state level. You, you, you pointed out a great yep. one about, you know, what, what we call an Ohio Joint Economic Development Districts where a city and township come together to say, yeah, let's, let's develop, you know, certain, certain uh, areas, certain parcels of land, but, but you can't even do it yet if there's a residence in it. I mean, right. you, you literally can't, you just can't use it for uh, for resi residential development and residential development could be the exact thing that you need uh you know in that in that community um that's a great you know, point dave and that you know it uh it, i think it could be a great tool for residential just like it is for commercial yeah, uh, yeah. you know another issue that came up at the at the forum was uh the the referendum process right. where uh, in Ohio, and I know it's different in each state, you only need, what is it, Nate, 8% uh, in the vote of the last of the votorial yep. election. 
And you know, we we've had we've had a fight where recently that that meant literally the folks, you know, went all through a zoning process and were successful. Wasn't easy, but were successful. And all they needed was 46 signatures to take the issue to the ballot. We had a really yep. unhappy client when we had to explain that. Um, it, it is, uh, it, it, we, we have uh, for decades, quite frankly, not paid attention to these local rules. Because really for the most part, if you've got someone that's gonna make investment, uh, whether it's residential or industrial, most places were supportive of it. Um, we haven't had that experience lately, and it, and it's been it's been tougher. And the reality is, you you look at Central Ohio as an example, the the BIA's housing study. You know we're we're creating uh, 2.5 new jobs for every one housing permit that we create. Yeah. Uh, we need what is Nate the number 18,000 new residential units a year every, in Central Ohio. In Central Ohio, we're not. We're not. We're in the. What was it? No, we had four thousand, five thousand well, last yeah, year. Yeah, we, we need eight. We need eighteen thousand, and last year we had thirty-five hundred. So that that is an issue, and it's a. If we're going to continue to grow, um, uh, that that's. I mean, it's a it's a problem because we can't. You know, we 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 can add all these jobs, but if they have no places to live, it doesn't really matter. It's going to be the limiting factor soon, and that's why the chamber cares. Like, we didn't all of a sudden become a housing organization. We care because it's going to be a limiting factor on growth and development. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and you know, and we and we've talked about, you know, we mentioned the workforce issue, and I and I would tie it back to manufacturing. You know, we've got um, in the state, and it's probably true a lot of places. We have more open jobs than we do have unemployed people. Yeah, uh, and it's been that way for a while. Even with rising interest rates, uh, you know, it has really not. Uh, increase the unemployment level to the point that we actually have more unemployed than jobs. Right. You know, there's about 9,000 open manufacturing jobs in this state. The best jobs, the jobs that everyone is focused on, uh, on getting what, what do you think that, uh, you know, from the chamber, from the, from a state perspective that, you know, we need to be doing more on the, on the workforce <clears> front because <throat> workforce is really a mature issue, right? We've been working on it for a decade. Uh, for me, it came to light when, um, the folks up at up at Honda, you know, they opened their plant in the early '80s, and one of their HR people did the math and said, "You know, we're going to have a lot of our people all retire at the same time." Right, and it's it's about now, by the way. So yeah, uh, absolutely. We uh, one of the things we've tried to look at when we look at workforce and look at it a little differently. Uh, you know, there are eleven and a half million people in Ohio in round numbers, um, but there are three and a half million people that grew up in Ohio that don't live here. If we could get all those yep. people to move back, we'd be 15 million people. And while some of them retired, you know, to Florida or right. someplace that doesn't have an income tax or that's warmer, um, there are of those three and a half million people, almost 2 million of them are between the ages of 18 and 65. So it's not just old people that have left and retired away. There are people that have left Ohio. And many of those we think are ripe to get back to Ohio with all the opportunity in Ohio. And so we've talked to Jobs Ohio about really focusing on a, a recruit a workforce recruitment strategy uh, yeah. to try to get people to move to Ohio. People that have some that grew up here, people that might have a relationship here, maybe they went to college here or worked here at one point. Um, and if we can get that to happen, we can get the people with 
that already have the right skills, certifications, and degrees, uh, we don't have to re-educate them. We can get them to move here. So we think yeah. that's an important effort. It's not going to, you know, probably get us a hundred thousand people, but if we can get fifty thousand of the right people, uh, right. that would be a big deal for Ohio's economy. Yeah, and it's it's similar to you know a lot of rural communities with with the the work from home movement. The the, the reality for a lot of people, especially in larger companies, they don't have to be in an office. Right. And in fact, the company in in many cases doesn't care if they're back in the office. Uh, many do, um, you know, Nate. So that doesn't mean you don't have to come in the office. I'm just getting that. <laughs> I'm just getting that on record. Oh, you know, Bill. I like coming in the office, Dave. I'm all about it. Well, Dave, that's Bill the was. the other thing about work from home is it's allowed companies from New York and Chicago yeah. and Washington D.C. Yeah. and Los Angeles, high cost areas, to come into Ohio, Cleveland, Columbus, right. Cincinnati, yeah. Marion, all over Ohio. Yeah. Yeah. And get employees that they pay less than they would pay if they worked in those high cost cities, but a lot more than they might get paid here. And right. they work from home so that it allows them to fish in a new pond that they didn't used to be able to fish in. And that increases the competition with Ohio based businesses. Uh, so while it's good for our people and I'm for it, uh, we need to know that that means we have an even bigger demand on our workforce and we need to get more folks that live in Ohio that are able to work. Whether yeah, it's an Ohio-based company or work remotely for a company that's based somewhere else. Well, and the data's proven your statement out. I mean, the the the, the larger, you know, older mega cities, you know, Chicago, New York, they're struggling. You know, I think Illinois uh, joined Mississippi as as the two states in the union that lost population. Yeah. Uh, you know, through the last census. And that and that clearly is a uh, indication that Chicago is struggling. It's struggling to hold on to people because if you don't want to fight the hour long traffic or the 50 minute long uh, ride in the train, right. You know, to get to work, why, why do you really have to live there? Right. And it's, and you know, again, it, it just becomes a challenging issue, but that population growth, I would say for the state, um, and it's really, it's really true for anywhere that is not in the South uh, or the Southwest, because the South and Southwest have really been, um, I think for the last 20 or 30 years have been the the, the hot growth sectors, this, the, the parts of the U.S. that have been adding people, adding businesses, um, you know, so that trying to trying to stem the tide on population loss, because if you look at Ohio, Central Ohio, where we're from, uh, and maybe it's because they had great members of Congress for for a decade, but <laughs> but um, you know Central Ohio has been growing substantially, right? And and since 2000, Central Ohio has added half a million people. Um, the pro the problem is they're all coming from the other parts of the state. That's right. So, we can't hollow out the rest of the state for Columbus to grow. That's a a really important point. And when you look at states like Indiana, where Indianapolis is growing but they're just getting yep. their people from other parts of Indiana. Yep. It's not net growth. We really do need people to come to Ohio, you know, and every part of Ohio so we can make sure that uh, every area grows. Central Ohio is doing well. Uh, Cincinnati's doing well, obviously. Not mm -hmm. all the metropolitan Cincinnati is in Ohio. Some's in Indiana and some is in Kentucky, but the rest of the state, especially Northern Ohio has really been shrinking and we need yeah. to turn that tide and make sure that uh, places like Toledo and 
Cleveland and Akron and Canton and Youngstown start growing again, and they've got affordable housing, they've got good infrastructure, but uh, right now we need to turn it around so that they start really growing. Uh, and we're excited about the opportunities that are coming, like, you know, Foxconn and GM coming to Youngstown and uh, like what uh, Ford did in suburban Cleveland and Lorraine. Right. We're excited about the new super site they're putting together in suburban Cleveland, which will yep. probably be in either Medina or Lorraine counties. It just right. like the Intel site, it's not going to be in uh, the urban county. It's not going to be in Cuyahoga County, mm -hmm. just like uh, Intel is in Licking County, not Franklin. Yeah, yeah, there's no... There's no doubt we need we need uh, you know we still need Central Ohio to grow because that's quite frankly where the market and is. It, I believe it will continue to grow. I, I, I do really too. good about Central Ohio. If we have the housing, too. Dave, that's the concern in Central yep. Ohio. I agree with you because you know we the, the region has a hundred thousand college students uh, with Ohio State and the other universities, and as I like to remind people, they're going to have a hundred thousand college students next year. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of an evergreen workforce fund. But, and part uh, of that problem, know, Dave, is we're not keeping enough of those college students. Uh, we need to do better at keeping them here after they graduate. The Chamber's got a plan we call Work and Learn Ohio that would connect college students, 50,000 college students a year with Ohio-based employers with the goal that they, you know, hopefully stay in Ohio because they have a job offer from that internship. So we're excited about that proposal we hope it gets done, and we think it could really allow us to grow our workforce with college grads in Ohio of folks yeah. that went to college in Ohio in many cases. That's phenomenal. Yeah, I, I think if all we did was keep our college graduates, we would solve a, a piece of our workforce issue, right? We, and, and also, states like Ohio really benefit from having a higher education system that's also right. spread throughout the state, you know, that Jim Rhodes. And that's the amazing our thing. Our, our college yep. universities are everywhere in Ohio, and they we are a net importer of students to go to college. There's right. almost 500,000 students in K through, or I'm sorry, in the higher education system in Ohio at any given time. Uh, that's a lot of folks. Some are from Ohio. Some are from other parts of the United States and some are international students. Right. Add them up. It's a half a million students in Ohio at any given time in, in our higher ed. Wow. Well, wow. you you look at uh, you, you look at the intel, you look at the any of the jobs in this high growth STEM marketplace that's just booming and, and they require they require that that advance either degree or certificate program and and states like ohio have that have Our that higher ed uh, infrastructure is a big reason intel came here you're right dave oh i believe it yep i believe it. uh okay the you know our our last big question uh you know we'll throw you a softball because you you agreed to come on even though nate was on the show <laughs> um you know if you're going to promote ohio you know if a company's listening out there steve why 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 the buckeye state well i think i said a lot of this already but you know when you look for the next 50 years, Ohio has a ton of fresh water. That is uh, our economic uh, difference from the Southwest and even the Southeast mm -hmm. uh, of the United States. Uh, we have a great workforce. We have a diverse economy. We are a great place to do business because we have relatively low taxes. Uh, we have uh, a pretty good legal environment. And we're working to make the regulatory and climate even better. 
You add all those things together. I think Ohio's got really bright future. Uh, and of course, we have an amazing workforce um, and a K through 12 and a higher education infrastructure to educate the workforce of the future. And, and we're still transforming our K through 12, to be honest. We need to do a better job of getting the folks, there's 53% of our college students, uh, of our high school students go on to college, but 47% don't. And we need to do a better job of making them workforce ready when they graduate yeah. high school, getting them the soft skills and the hard skills they need and the technical degrees and certifications they need to be successful on day one. Well, Nate, I think he sold me. I think we're going to keep the Montrose Scoop in, in Ohio. Good. I'm glad. I was worried. Yep. yep. We were yep, worried you were, were going to take bubble. it up to Michigan. No. Uh oh. Steve. Oh, Steve. we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Please. You know. No. no. We only I go mean, up that's... there to play golf. We only go up there to play golf and uh, go to the go to their Detroit Athletic Club, Steve. That's you know, okay. that's which right. is very which I'd have to say is very I would tell you, and you talk about travel and tourism. Every time I'm up in northern Michigan, I'm like, oh, Ohio needs this. I so, wish yeah, we, we should take, they do a, they do a much we should take them all up to Traverse City and say, dude, look at this. Yep. But, look at but, what yeah. Michigan uh, on that whole um, yeah. western boundary has done with, with Lake Michigan. And uh, we could do the same thing with Lake Erie across our whole yeah. north coast. And, and that's one of the things in this blueprint for Ohio's economic future. We call it sense of place. But yeah. when you think about Lake Erie, we need to do a lot more. And that's why we created a travel and tourism group, because people yeah. today decide where they want to live and then they get a job. We need to make Ohio an attractive place where people want to live. We already have some things going for us. We have more bike paths than any other state in the country. But the big untapped resource for us is Lake Erie, in my opinion. But we need to yeah. not just make it parks along, along the lake. It needs to be someplace where you can go and stay and yeah. dine and shop and create economic activity while you enjoy the lakefront. So we're excited about Absolutely. having things like that dot the lake all the way from Ashtabula to Toledo. Yeah, completely agree. You, agree. We, we've both been up there in, in, in Michigan and it's just a, it's a great model, but it's not enough for me to move the company. Because it is still Michigan. We we will do our our fair share to to help uh, improve the access to Lake Erie. Because I think you know when you yeah. look at what Chicago's done, when you yep. look at what Western Michigan has done, there is a lot you can do with that coastline. Well, you know, uh, economic development one hundred and one is is capitalizing on the assets you have. Yeah. Right. If you if you do that, that's the best blocking and tackling that uh, that you can to achieve success. And and the lake. Uh, the lake's there. It, it's it's an opportunity, and you're right. It's it's un, it's just underutilized yeah, from a absolutely. from a development standpoint. Well, Stephen, I I uh, awesome. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. I really proud of Nate for behaving himself because normally he he says things that are not you know, really appropriate. Right. We have but, to edit them out later. I mean, well, they, thanks yeah, for keeping your Tourette's under control, Nate. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. You're welcome, Steve. I try <laughs> to do what I can. You know, we, 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 so and we more don't. partly, That's... More, more partly, Nate, I think we just doubled our listeners total with Steve coming on. I'm telling you, I absolutely from ten to, beat it. ten to at least twenty. <laughs> right. Well, well, it's been great to be Steve's on. Kids, Have yeah, a great day, day and uh, you too. Thanks, thanks, thanks a lot, me. Steve. Yeah. Thanks, Steve. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, thanks everyone. Have a great week. Bye bye. See ya. 
To learn more about the Montrose Group services, please visit MontroseGroupLLC.com.